Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service begins in the bulletin. We're going to open our service today with hymn number 419, the first four verses, If God Himself Be For Me. If God Himself be for me, I may a host defy. For when I pray before me, my foes confounded fly. If Christ my head and master befriend me from above, what foe or what disaster can drive me from his love? This I believe, yea, rather, of this I make my boast, that God is my dear Father, my friend who loves me most, and that whate'er betide me, my Savior is at hand, through stormy seas to guide me, and bring me safe to land. I build on this foundation, that Jesus and his blood, Alone are my salvation, my true eternal good. Without him all that pleases is valueless on earth. The gifts I have from Jesus alone have priceless worth. He canceled my offenses, delivered me from death. He is the Lord who cleanses my soul from sin through faith. In Him I can be cheerful, courageous on my way. In Him I am not fearful, of God's great judgment day. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserved your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God, who searches the heart, 
Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this seventh Sunday after Pentecost is from Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 to 23, reading that follows the Israelite sin of worshiping the golden calf, but then there was their repentance, and here we have Moses pleading with the Lord to be with him, to show his presence to Moses, to assure him that they had God's forgiveness. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Then when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Reminder that in this life we still are the sinners that we are. We can't see God's full glory now but we can look forward to the day when we're glorified and we will be able to see his full glory when we're with him forever in heaven. Alleluia. Happy are they who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 11, 
verses 25 to 30. In this reading, what, what Jesus does is he talks about how, oh, the truths of the gospel, they're hidden to the proud. Those who think that they're good in their own eyes, but it's revealed to the humble. And, and to the humble, those who know their sin and know they need a Savior, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's continue now with our next hymn, hymn number 336. Hymn number 336, Come Unto Me, You Weary. Come unto me, you weary, and I will give you rest. O blessed voice of Jesus, which comes to hearts oppressed, it tells of benediction, of pardon, grace, and peace, of joy that has no ending, of love that cannot cease. Come unto me, ye wanderers, and I will give you light. O loving voice of Jesus, which comes to cheer the night. Our hearts were filled with sadness, and we had lost our way. But Thou hast brought us gladness, and songs at break of day. Come unto me, ye fainting, and I will give you life. O cheering voice of Jesus, which comes to aid our strife. The foe is stern and eager, the fight is fierce and long. But Thou hast made us mighty and stronger than the strong. And whosoever cometh, I will not cast him out. O patient love of Jesus, which drives away our doubt, which, though we be unworthy of love so great and free, invites us very sinners to come, dear Lord, to
The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today, this seventh Sunday after Pentecost, is our epistle reading from Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 25, where the Apostle Paul said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow sinners through Adam, but also saints through the blood of Christ, through faith in Christ. Little children, and sometimes those who aren't so little, seem to sometimes have a magnetism for dirt. And when I say this, maybe you could think of someone like Pigpen from the Peanuts cartoon, or Dennis the Menace in the newspaper cartoons from years ago. Always dirty, those little boys. I've heard parents who say that their children are attracted to mud puddles or to just puddles in general. If there's a puddle, if there's a mud puddle, they'll have to splash in it. Well, when little children start feeding themselves, you know what happens then. It's a question of whether or not they get more food in them or on them. not just little children, of course, that have this magnetism toward dirt. It's all of us, because all of us, what we need to regularly do is keep showering or bathing or washing up because we all end up getting dirty in this life. We live in a world that's full of dirt and germs. That's just the way it is. It's impossible for us to stay clean no matter how hard we may try. If we ask the question, why do we keep on getting dirty? Well, the answer to that is because we can't avoid it. Because we can't avoid it 
because, like I said, the world is full of dirt and germs. But fortunately, with a little bit of soap and water, what can happen is that that, those, that dirt and those germs can be washed away. But now, as we look at our reading for today, what we want to think about is something other than the dirt that gets on our bodies. We want to think of a dirt that is within us, and that is the dirt of sin, which tragically keeps us, keeps working on us so that we keep on sinning. The Apostle Paul says we daily sin much, but why do we Christians keep on sinning? Why do we keep on sinning? Paul answers that in our reading for today. He tells us that sin does have a strong hold on us. And sin, it does frustrate our good efforts, our best efforts in trying to live as believing children of God. But, but our sin has met its match in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Why does sin have such a, a firm hold on us? Well, Paul tells us here that sin actually lives in us. We could say that our sinful nature, it's like a border. It has rented a room in our bodies. And, well, it has rented that space and... It has signed a lease agreement, we could say, and there's no way for us to end that lease agreement this side of heaven. In this life, that agreement is something that is binding, and there's no way we can evict our sinful nature from us in this life, no matter what it does. Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. Our sinful nature, it's the corruption of sin which infests every human being since Adam's fall into sin back in the Garden of Eden. Nothing morally desirable can be detected in our sinful nature, even as believing children of God. And our, our sinful nature, there's nothing desirable in that. Our sinful nature, what it does is it corrupts our entire understanding of things spiritual. It overrides our will and wants us to go contrary to God's will. It proves the ideal cover for this intruder's sin that lurks within us. So Paul says, Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. This almost sounds as if Paul is passing the buck and not taking responsibility for the sin that's in his life. As if he's saying, oh, the devil made me do it. As Adam and Eve did after they had eaten the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But see, Paul isn't really trying to pass the buck here. He's trying to help us to understand why we sin when we do sin. 
We sin because sin is in us. And when we say that we sin because sin is in us, again, what we're not really doing there is we're not trying to say that it's not our fault when we sin. It is our fault. However, we can be so thankful that our sinful nature is just a part of us in this life. In this life. It's not a part of our eternal makeup. But throughout our lives, what Paul wants us to realize is he says, he says, what I, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. The evil that Paul is talking about here could be maybe compared to a highly trained attack dog who's programmed to snap to attention at some special command, at some specific action. That trained attack dog, it may be lying down, appearing quite harmless, but when that trigger goes off, then all of a sudden what happens is that that dog jumps to its teeth, jumps to its feet, bares its teeth, and growls. No intruder is going to be allowed to pass. Evil lies right there at the side of my good, the good that we believers would try to do. When we try to do anything that pleases God, well, immediately that sinful nature within us is going to jump up and try to distract us from the good that maybe we'd like to do. Oh, for example, on Sunday mornings when we have our worship services, what do you think your sinful nature is always trying to do? When your alarm goes off, what does your sinful nature do? Oh, you can sleep a few more minutes or, or you can do other things that would be more fun than worshiping the Savior. But see, that's that sinful nature, like that attack dog, jumping up and attacking us and always trying to lead us astray. No Christian really likes the fact that he has a sinful nature, nor do we like the fact that there's really nothing that we can do about our sinful nature on our own. We can't do anything to get rid of that. Our sinful nature, in a sense, it's kind of like this iron ball that's chained to our ankles, a, a heavy burden for us throughout the course of our lives. It frustrates our best efforts to try to serve God. Paul said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. When we get up in the morning, I hope every one of us gets up in the morning with a plan and the intent to say, I'm going to live for my God. I'm going to strive to do his will. I think we all have a, 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 a goal to serve God, to live for him throughout the course of our day. But when the day is over, what we tragically can end up doing is 
looking back at the day and seeing those times when we stumbled and fell or when we just simply blatantly rebelled against God. We can see those things. It wasn't necessarily our intent to do them, but we stumbled and fall or, or we just plain old reject God. Well, we didn't live up to our goal. As Martin Luther said in his meaning to the fifth petition, we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. We break God's law. But that doesn't mean that God's law is faulty. His law is good. It tells us just how God would want us to live. But sad to say we keep falling short of what God wants of us in our lives. Paul says, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Our spiritual condition, we could say, is kind of like the physical condition of a person who is paralyzed so that he is confined to a bed or to a wheelchair. He may have the desire to get up and walk, but he can't. And our sinful nature is kind of like that. It makes us spiritually paralyzed. And only when God is living and working in us, only then can that situation be changed. I'd imagine that all of us do tend to get frustrated, especially when we've done something, when we know we've done something that's contrary to God's will. Oh, like, say, for instance, getting angry with a family member, a spouse, or, or a close friend, especially when we say or do something that ends up expressing our anger. And after we sin like that, we may feel like kicking ourselves because we knew better, and we did it anyway. Well, Paul says... For what I do is not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. When we get frustrated, as the Apostle Paul did, because we've fallen into sin, let's remember that our sinful nature is what's causing us to sin and will continue to cause us to sin. And now, we do, in one sense, need to accept that fact that because we're sinful creatures, there will always be that sin in our lives. We can't get rid of that sin. And in a sense, we need to accept the fact that it's there while we don't accept the fact that it's there, that we look to God and understand that what he'll do is he'll give us the help and the strength that we need to fight against sin so that we can put a damper on our sinful nature. He can and he will help us so that that sinful nature has a less domineering effect in our lives. And see now, when God the Holy Spirit, when he calls us to faith, what he does is he gives us a new man. And that new man, in opposition to the sinful nature, the old Adam, 
that new man, that faith part of us, it opposes our sinful nature and it also wants us to do what is God's will. And now see, with God working in us, in that new man, our sinful nature, well, it can't be removed, but it can be controlled. God will help us to put our sinful nature into a, a Pandora's box. According to Greek mythology, Pandora was given a box into which he was able to, into which all the world's evils were placed. The box was locked shut, and as long as it was locked shut, all those evils were, were contained. But when, if Pandora opened that box, then all those evils escaped and there was pandemonium. Well, see, when God works in us so that we have this new man, well, in a sense, what we can do is we can keep that sinful nature within us locked up in a, in a Pandora's box. And may God keep on building us up and strengthening us in our faith so that we don't open that Pandora's box so that instead we're always living to serve our Savior. Paul has told us why we keep on sinning. It's because sin is in us. We have that sinful nature that we're going to have throughout the course of our lives. But the sin that's within us need not cause us to give up in despair. Paul did say of himself, what a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? And there it almost sounds as if Paul is despairing, but he wasn't. He was just expressing the same feeling that all of us can have after we've broken one of God's commandments. But we can notice that after he says that, immediately then he says, after he has said, what a wretched man I am, then he says, he answers the question by saying, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the answer. There's the solution. And Paul takes no credit for himself, for the deliverance that was assured in his future. All credit goes to God who guarantees our victory through his son. Jesus, by his life and his death and his resurrection, he's defeated sin. And he's defeated our constant adversary in this life. God provided us with the means and the strength to remain steadfast in our faith and even to gain limited victories over sin right now. Also, how blessed we are through faith to know that God's word has promised us a complete victory over sin in the life to come. As the Apostle Paul says here, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sinful nature can and does cause us some serious problems. 
So we need to take it seriously. We need, we dare not think lightly of our sin. It wants to lead us to our eternal ruin. And in a sense, what we can say that what it does to us is it gives us a spiritual paralysis or lameness, meaning that we really need help, that we'd be lost without help. And well, what Jesus our Savior does is he gives us the help that we need. He's the, the crutches or the wheelchair that we need to get through this life. Because we will have a sinful nature throughout our lives, we'll always be dealing with that spiritual paralysis or lameness to some degree. We'll keep on sinning. But, as Paul says again, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord who gives us the victory. He helps us and gives us the strength that we need to fight to control our sinful nature. Children and even adults will continue to get dirty in this life, in this world. We live in a world that is full of dirt and germs. And because of that, we'll continue to need showers or baths or washing up to keep ourselves clean in, in this life, to clean our bodies. And now, this reading today just distresses for us how our souls also need that regular cleaning because of the dirt of sin that's always going to be around us. Because of our sinful nature, we're going to keep on sinning throughout the, our lives. We accept that fact, but yet we don't accept that fact is kind of the way it works, right? We say, yeah, it's going to be there, but I want to fight against it. I want to look to God for his help to fight against sin. And now what we believers can do by the grace of God is we can keep on with the Holy Spirit's help and only with the Holy Spirit's help, we can keep on growing in our faith so that we can better fight against the temptations that Satan would hurl our way. Well, today the Apostle Paul has helped us to realize that, that sin is always going to be a part of our lives this side of heaven. But that shouldn't cause us to despair because Jesus has taken care of the problem of our sins. He's taken care of that problem. Sin meets its match in Jesus. Well, sin more than meets its match in Jesus, of course. So let's ask the Lord for his help and his strength to to fight against our sinful natures and to put it back and keep it in our in its spiritual Pandora's box as we want to put it that way where, where it belongs. Let's look to the Word of God and to our Savior in our worship and in our Bible study for his help and strength that he'll give us that will defeat 
our sinful nature or knock it down or keep it controlled. Let's regularly take the Lord's Supper for the help and the strength that likewise it also gives us. It will help us to live as believing children of God and the heirs of heaven that we are. Yes, in this life we'll always have a sinful nature and we will have that as long as we live. That's a reality for us. But thank God we also have a new man. That faith side of us. That faith side of us that God has given to us and that faith side of us, it loves God, it wants to serve God, and it will help us to live as the believing children of God by the grace of God. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. God of all power and might, you are the giver of all that is good. Help us love you with all our heart. Strengthen us in the true faith. Provide us with all we need and keep us safe in your care. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers, we keep on praying for all those on our prayer list, those dealing with different illnesses, aches, pains, trials, and troubles. Think of Deb Spitzley recovering from a fall. We think of Paula Burris dealing with the heart and circulation issues in her legs. 
Diane Kennedy dealing with her back and prayer list and see all the others that are listed there we pray Lord God we ask you to please keep all of us in your loving care if if any one of us is dealing with any aches or pains or trials or troubles well we ask if it's according to your will please remove that but please always make everything in our lives work together for our eternal good as you promise and please keep on always giving to us your grace and your mercy and your love. Your grace, your mercy, and your love, that's the most important gift that we have, the one gift that we really, truly need and that we have in Jesus, our Savior. Help us always to fight against our sinful nature and to live as your believing children. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name, and and in his name we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God America, my home, sweet home. Again, I thank you for worshiping with me today. A few announcements to share with you in the congregation this week. Today is Liz Hubert's birthday, Tuesday, Todd Hubert's birthday. Wednesday, John and Paula Greathouse have an anniversary. Thursday, Gabriel Purdy has a birthday. Remember, Lyle Johnson, he has a birthday on Friday and Jean Grinnell on Saturday. This week, uh, well, the plan is right now that on Monday early, I'll probably be heading over to Wisconsin. Ruth's already over there visiting with some of her family. We'll visit with her family a little bit and, and also with my family over there and then come back later Wednesday evening. And because of that, there will be no ladies Bible class or Wednesday worship this week. I think that's what, our, what announcements I have to share with you tonight, right now. I wish you the Lord's blessings. May the Lord bless and keep you always. 
Amen.